Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear Shape, the podcast that's just kind of about whatever the fuck we feel like. So, Matt. Yeah, Mike? Are you familiar with game shows? I'm moderately familiar with game shows. I would be what's called a game show casual. I watched Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back when that show was big. And I watched a lot of uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune growing up. I have a little bit of experience with it outside of that. I remember watching the game show, whatever fucking game show Howie Mandel used to host. Oh, uh, Deal or No Deal. Yeah, that's it. I literally just remembered it because I love the name Howie Mandel. And I remember loving that guy as a host. (laughs) Probably just because Alex Navarro made fun of him. Alex Navarro from GameStop made fun of him in a video one time. And I spent yeah. way too much time on that site as a child, but let's not get into weird, like, early, mid-2000s internet bullshit. Let's stay on task here. Okay. Well, like, that wasn't what I was originally going to talk about, but Deal or No Deal is kind of an interesting thing to talk about, because most game shows are usually about some sort of... Like, if they're not, like, literally about trivia, they're about some kind of trivia. Like, you know, at the end of the day, Wheel of Fortune is a word puzzle. Price is Right is kind of... Like, it's a guessing game, but it's an informed guessing game. If you're familiar with how much things are usually supposed to cost, you can make an educated guess a lot of the time. But, like, Deal or No Deal is literally just, it's a game of odds. You look at what what suitcases are still there, you look at what suitcases are not there, and the dude makes you an offer, and you're just like, hmm, 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 am I gonna risk it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Deal or No Deal is actually kind of an interesting one in that sense, because it really is all just, like, I guess you'd call it risk management. Yeah. Risk management and just, like, knowing what you're being... The weird thing about Deal or No Deal is I'd basically walk into that game, open the first case, and then just take the first offer and walk. Because in a lot of yeah. instances, that's actually, like, mathematically, that's the smartest play to make. And I'm, yeah. and personally, I'm not a person who likes to push their luck because I have terrible fucking luck. Now, see, I would kind of do something similar. What I would do is, instead of opening the first case, I would take the first offer that, like, the guy on the phone made. If I recall, you had to open at least, like, three cases before before you got made an offer, though. Okay. Didn't you? I, I, I think that's how I it don't remember. I didn't watch a lot of that game. Okay. But I, th- I think I'd still do that because I still feel like what he'd offer is probably more likely to be better than whatever's in, like, the first random-ass chest you pick. Yeah. Because you might pull out a penny, you know? Yeah, and, like, the thing is, it's like, oh, what if I get, like, the magical Christmas land scenario and I land, like, the big... I think, the, like, the highest prize they gave away would be, like, be, like a million? Like, 1.5 or something that's, like I that? I think that's if you... I think one of the... I think one of the suitcases has a million dollars in it, and the only way to get that is to pick it randomly out of the, like, 30 chests or whatever at the very beginning of the game, and then turn down every single offer they make to buy the to buy the suitcase from you. Yeah, like, I would never do that, because even if it just became a choice between, like, a million and one dollar, like, take the 500 thou and walk, like, what the fuck? Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, people like to, people like to, you know, push for more. They like to press your luck as it will, and that's what I was, uh, the reason I bring up game shows is, uh, have you ever seen a game show called Press Your Luck? I have not. Okay. Um, it's a fairly old game show. It ran from, like, it ran in, like, the late 80s, I believe it was. Uh, they brought it back in recent years. Uh, but what it was is it with this, it was this big old fucking deal where, like, so, so players would answer trivia questions initially, and they'd be pretty simple, like, you know, multiple choice questions, one of three, you know, 
real basic shit. But the trivia questions weren't the point. The trivia questions got you spins. And what spins did is, and like, Pressure Luck was being like, it was being touted as a technological marvel of the time as far as game shows went. Because what it was is it was essentially, instead of an actual wheel that you were spinning, it was more like a random number generator. And there were a bunch of monitors, like just a bunch of televisions, like in a rectangle around like a main screen. And they would shuffle like what was on the screen. It could be a money prize, it could be a trip, it could be a money prize as an additional spin. Um, and, you know, and what was on them would just constantly flash and shift around. And then there would be like a string of lights around every monitor and one of those would light up and it would jump around the screen and you would just kind of wait for your chance, you know, if you were spinning and you would just hit a button. And whenever you were spinning, it was whenever you hit the button, rather, all the, uh, the things that were on the monitor stopped shuffling around, the little square lights around the monitor stopped shuffling around. And basically, wherever the whatever was on the monitor that the lights were around, when you hit stop, uh, that was what you won. But the thing of it is, the trick of it is, is there were these really, like, shitty cartoon character, like, gremlin things called whammies. Like, you ever seen, the, like, the, the Domino's Pizza Noid? Yes. Like, okay, the whammy was basically the proto-noid in multiple ways. That's no good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the idea is that if you got a whammy, oh shit, there went all your money. Okay, it so gone. it's the equivalent of bankruptcy in, like, Wheel of, Wheel of Fortune, then. Yeah, except you have, like, a one in six chance of hitting bankruptcy every time. And also, you don't actually need to do anything to earn the money once you've spun. Like, you land on money, you get the money. You don't need to guess a letter or anything. Hmm. What was the? What were the odds of bankruptcy in Wheel of Fortune? They were like one in ten, twelve, I think. On like everything. I don't remember. Like, there's a lot of spaces on the Wheel of Fortune. There wheel. are, and I don't I think, remember I think that there's like well enough. How many are there? I think there's like two. Is there? Is there? Is there bankrupt and a lose a turn or is it like i think there are a, two bankruptcies i think lose a turn is like its own individual space i think one of the bankruptcies however is sandwiched in between or like adjacent or there's possibly like the ten thousand dollar spot is like sandwiched between two like yeah yeah there's that that's a ones. that's a relatively recent addition is that one that's like it's the it's three slices crammed into this what would be the size of normally one slice, yeah. and it's just ten thousand dollars sam really thin ten thousand dollars sandwiched between two really thin bankruptcies. So I guess there would technically be like two and two thirds bankruptcy spots. I don't know. That'd... Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the exact makeup of a wheel of fortune wheel. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, fair. Uh, but the, but yeah, but that was the thing with press or luck is you earn spins by answering the questions, but like. At the end of the day, it was a gambling game. Like, it, like it's right there in the name. Press your luck. You know, do you do you keep pushing? It's, um, it's kind of a risk reward thing. The problem that they ran into is that, uh, yes, it was kind. Of, it was a random number generator thing. But like, this was the '80s, and computers weren't like super good yet, so they could only make it so random. And so, uh, enter this guy. I think his name was Michael Larson. Yeah. And uh, Michael Larson, uh, kind of an unscrupulous character. He was, uh, let's call him what he was. He was a scam artist. He uh, he found once uh, founded a fake company and then hired himself and then fired himself so he could collect unemployment benefits. <laughs> uh, you know, like that was that was uh, something he did. There was a couple other things uh, they did. I'm getting all of this off of, and this this is an old story, so I already knew most of this, but I got a refresher course from an article on a site called Priceonomics. I have no idea if this is actually a good website or not. I have no fucking clue. Um, but yeah, dude was just a fucking scam artist. And 
he apparently he bought like a shitload of TVs and VCRs and started watching recordings of game shows to try and figure out if there was a way that he could like hack the system in any one of them. Like, is is there a game show where I can figure out a thing that could get me a free win? And here comes this game, Pressure Luck. And one of the things he figures out after watching like hours and hours and hours of footage over and over and over again is that, oh, this isn't truly random. There's a pattern. It's a complicated pattern, but there's a pattern. And so he essentially figured out a way to just hit, like, prize money and an extra spin over and over and over again. And so he went on this, like, ridiculous streak of just more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. And, like, it was just this massive fucking debacle. I think he fleeced uh, CBS for, like, more than $100,000 worth of prizes. Which, again, this is in 1986. And I think at the time, that was the biggest, like, game show prize payout ever. How much in 1986 dollars, how much would that be in, like, now dollars? I have no fucking clue. Um, I mean, just bearing in mind that the economy is just completely fucking in the toilet now, I have to assume it's the equivalent of, like, $270 trillion, maybe? <laughs> Enough to keep your ass off the street. <laughs> I think I think if he held onto that money and just put it in, like, a savings account and left it there until today, he'd have more money than NASA. Goddamn. That's throwing some shade right there, friendo. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, so he got that money, and then apparently, like, just fucking ultimately lost it like he kept trying to do more scams and shit and it was eventually robbed lost all his money uh continued just being more of a scam artist i think he tried to like fleece people for a ponzi scheme he called pleasure time incorporated where he made up like he made up a non-existent like native american tribe and said that they were running a lottery because I, I guess because Native Americans can have casinos and stuff, so that that was the argument he used. Okay, what was the name of this this company? Pleasure Time Incorporated. How was that not the type of the title of an adult toy line? I don't know. It still might be. <laughs> it probably it still is. might be. We don't. Shit. He, he was, it was never an actual it, company. Like he, no one, maybe no one registered it. Um, but yeah, so he was just kind of on the lam, and then by the time the fucking FBI tracked him down, he was in like. Florida somewhere in 1999 and he had just died of throat cancer. So wait, he got away with all the cash? Well, I mean, yeah, he he died before the law caught up to him. So yeah, he essentially got away with everything. Wait, so he fought the law and the law lost? Well, kind of. I mean, the law kind of didn't really get a say in the final like end of the story cuz ultimately cancer won. <laughs> you know, like I, it's 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 kind of an A to B to C thing because like Michael Larson beat the law, but also he lost to cancer. So sometimes you need a bad yeah. guy to take another bad guy out. Is that what you're implying? I don't know. I mean, if we're doing this like, but like DBZ power levels, I guess that means that cancer is like way way more powerful than the FBI. Is, is cancer like Super Saiyan five? I think that's a Super Saiyan level. Boy, howdy, this conversation went somewhere it probably shouldn't. Have. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you were getting into when you brought me in here. Yeah, I did. But yeah, so this is kind of a weird roundabout way to say that, you know, this story's been on my mind again because I just found that article. And I'm actually kind of a game show junkie. Like, I used to be, like, super into game shows. I I actually wanted to be a game show host when I was a kid. Yeah, I think you actually mentioned that to me one time a while back. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you said you watched a lot of game shows, and then obviously I'm not sure, I doubt anyone in the audience is aware of this. Who's fucking listening to this shit, though? 
Um, you obviously like love like the Jackbox Party Pack games. Like you fucking love. Yeah. Oh, those I'm games. big into you don't know Jack. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a big part of it. That's I think that's a big part of why that was my favorite games. Is it was essentially like an interactive game show. You know, about as close as you got back in the day. Here's here's something I think that's uh, kind of uniquely uh, a thing for uh, American kids. I assume uh, getting to watch Price is Right when you're homesick from school. Yeah. Holy shit. With me, it wasn't when I was homesick from school. I actually watched, like, the late-night reruns of that. I think on, it was uh, CBS. Had Wait, right. they, they had late-night reruns? Of The Price is Right, yeah. I don't know what channel I was watching them on. This was actually... I'm pretty sure Price is Right is CBS. Okay, this was in a weird transitory period of my life when we were moving from, like, the suburbs into the more different suburbs, but we were actually having a house built, and we lived in, like, a tiny-ass apartment for, like... I think it was like nine, ten months. Weird period of my life. Anyway, that was the first time we ever, we'd ever had cable. And it was like basic cable, but we had cable. So I watched a whole bunch of different shows I never had. And one of the shows I watched that was up super late and I had a TV in my room for the first time was The Price is Right. So I remember staying up until like three in the morning in that sort of like lucid dreaming state watching Howie Mandel tempt people into opening a whole shitload of briefcases. And let me tell you, that makes for some really surreal memories. Oh, wow. I also remember burning my hand when I was trying to cook food and also giving myself a haircut that was really shitty. And also it... Halo 2. Okay. Yeah. With, with, like with I said, all... <laughs> it was a really weird transitory period of my life. Also Final Fantasy XI. Okay. Wow. That's weird that's weird that all of those things somehow kind of came together. That was yeah, a weird fucking stream of consciousness. That's a, yeah, it was a weird fucking stream of consciousness that kind of perfectly reflected that entire period of my life where I don't look back on it with any fondness. I also don't look back on it with much contempt. It was just fuck, I don't even know. Okay. Well, fucking here, throw me, me a line. I'm dying. Well, okay. Okay. Well, oh, you need a lifeline? Yeah, I need a lifeline. I'm dying here. Okay, I'm, I'm giving you a 50/50. All right, here's the 50/50. Uh, we could talk about the best mini games from Price is Right, or we can talk about how you wound up associating burning your hand with Final Fantasy XI. Okay, we'll talk about how I taught, associated burning my hand with Final Fantasy XI. So, when we moved into that apartment, I would have been about 12 or 13, and my parents were very, very protective of me, and they didn't really let me cook food for a long time, because let's not even get into that. Anyway, that was the period of time where they started to kind of trust me more and let me do, like, let me actually be kind of a tiny little person, ergo having a television in my own room. Um, so for the first time, I was making chicken tenders in the oven, and I was also playing Final Fantasy XIII, or not thirteen. that game fucking sucks, Final Fantasy XI, um, because we had just gotten Final Fantasy XI on a PC that could barely fucking run that game, but it could run it. Anyway, I was getting really hungry, so I decided to bake myself some fucking chicken tenders. And then I went back to playing Final Fantasy XI, and then I went back to once the oven started beeping to get those chicken tenders, and I put my hand, just not even thinking about it, put my hand in the oven, just like, on the cooking sheet. And that went about as well as you probably imagine. Like, Oh, man. Yeah, that, that fucking... It's a good thing I had really good reactions, because that could have turned really south. I only burned, like, the side of my hand as opposed to, like, the all of my hand, but holy shit. Oh, shit, man. I've, I've had my fair share of hand burns, like, because I, uh, 
I worked in fast food a lot over the oh, course yeah. of my life. And fucking, I was just, man, nothing, nothing fucks up your hands faster than working fast food. Just burns and burns and burns. And cuts, uh, depending on what kind of food oh, you're cu- preparing. Oh, dude, let me tell you about this one cut uh, that I still actually got a massive scar from. So, uh, we had this fucking metal thing that we kept, like, the burger patties in. This was at a McDonald's. Uh-huh. And to take the cases, like the actual cardboard boxes of meat in and out of the thing, you had the you had to lift this sort of like, it wasn't quite a lid, but it was sort of the cover to the whole like metal thing. Uh, long story short, it was big and heavy and and like it, this, it wasn't like it's not like sharp sharp, but it was a thin sheet of metal that basically comes straight down. Okay. Um, and long story short, it goes into my thumb, <sighs> and like, uh, have you have you ever seen your own bones? Um. I personally have been fortunate fortunate enough not to. Um, I've seen some really grievous injuries in my time. Okay, well, I have seen my own bones. I have seen the inner workings of my thumb. It was not a good. Uh, it was not a good time. I pity past you. I really do. Yeah. I feel for you, man. It was a bad time. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, speaking of uh, having a bad injury? time, say what? Yeah, I say grievous bodily injury. Uh, maybe let's uh let's let's bring this around uh back around to game shows so okay uh so okay so what the 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 sort of the other subject i was about to breach earlier so what what is your favorite uh price is right game show price because right mine is plinko show. it has to be plinko i'm not sure i have one actually i don't Do remember gonna... any of them I, I don't. I don't remember the price. I remember watching The Price is Right because it was hosted by Bob Barker, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching The Price is Right. I don't actually remember that game show very well. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. So, the, honestly, that's that's the one thing you really need to remember is fucking Plinko. Okay. It's, like, do, do you remember Plinko at all? Like, Describe how it that to works? me because it might jog my memory. Okay. It's, it's the one where you drop a disc down like a pegged wall. And it would like it was it was like a big fucking uh, pachinko oh, machine. Yeah, I was about to say it was like the big it was like the big pachinko machine thing. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, honest, I'm pretty sure that's actually where they got the name Plinko from. It probably. I could is. be wrong. Yeah. Why they didn't uh, use pachinko? I'm not sure about. Mm. Okay. Well, here uh, you mentioned watching uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire before. Do you remember any of that? Um, I remember Who Wants to Be a Millionaire far far better because you had. You had the four questions, you had the increasing difficulty of the questions along with the increasing amount of money, you had the three lifelines, you had ask the crowd, phone a friend, and the 50-50, correct? Yeah, I believe that was it. I think in newer versions of the game, because they did eventually bring it back for like like half-hour versions on like smaller networks and syndication, mm-hmm. I think one of the lifelines changed, I don't remember, but I do remember like fucking original recipe who wants to be a millionaire, fucking Regis Philbin version. Those were the three, yeah. It's so weird to think about, like, phone a friend in the context. They probably changed phone a friend is probably the one they changed because now with the ubiquity of, like, smartphones and, like, everybody has instant access to an encyclopedia on the computer, oh, that shit, one's probably, like, mad easy to cheat. That's yeah. probably what got changed because Well, you I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure... Well, no, because for, for a second there, I was thinking that maybe, like, they had the person in a booth... You know, somewhere separate. But now that I think about it, no. Like there was definitely that one time, uh, the first time someone ever won the million, where he 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 had used none of his lifelines until he got to the last question, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna call my dad," 
And then uh, he calls his dad. He's like, hey, dad, I don't actually need help with this question. I just wanted to tell you that I'm about to win the million. <laughs> what a fucking badass. Yeah, that was great. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's let's try more of the classics. You ever watch fucking? Uh, you you said you watched Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, right? Oh yeah. I feel like those are the big ones. That that whole like NBC block. I assume that's still going. Like I I think Jeopardy. I I guess they, I assume they are. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched them in a while. Do they but... still have the same hosts? Like this, uh, still like Alex Trebek and Pat Sajak? I think they are. Yeah. I don't actually know. Like those because like the thing is those two are so integral to like those shows at this point i'm assuming they're gonna do that like until they are physically incapable of doing so or they are dead so physically incapable of doing so (laughs) and even at that point i'm you could probably convince me with a good argument that corporate executives would literally like weekend at bernie's their like corpses for a month taxi doimied corpses for like a month or two they will uh they will experiment in the dark arts and and reanimate Alex Trebek. So how are you doing? Totally alive, Alex Trebek. My flesh sings. Yes, that's really good. That's that's <laughs> wonderful. What? Oh goddamn. Yeah. Game oh. shows. Do you Game remember shows. uh do you remember um you are the weakest the weakest link? Do you remember that show at all? Yeah, I remember that shit. Oh man. How Fuck. long did that show run? Because I don't recall that one being super popular. That that is much like Millionaire is, well, also just like Millionaire, it was originally a British show, uh, but also like Millionaire, it's still running with a different host in a smaller, like, half-hour version in syndication. Okay. Yeah, so that's technically still going, but, like, with, with uh, the original, like, lady, the, the angry British lady, like, that, she yeah, that's so over. so mad. Well, like, her whole hook was being mean. Like, yeah, that was the thing. Just but, like, she was just so mad, and it's like, Jesus, lady, come on. Don't be yeah. a dick. Well, that... That show was a little weird because it wasn't a pure, uh, you know, it wasn't a pure trivia game, but it also wasn't a pure, like, you know, we're just voting each other off the fucking island to create drama show. Because, like, y- you you had to, like, answer the questions right to win more money, but also there was an element of backstabbing because after each round you voted somebody off. But there was this whole thing where, like, there was a big advantage to basically being a middle-of-the-road player because, like, in the early goings, the bad players would be voted off because... Otherwise, they'd be, pre- be preventing, like, whoever ultimately won from getting much money if they kept fucking up. But, like, as you got toward the end, you wanted to eliminate the competition. So, it became a bit of a, like, you know, like, tallest nail gets the hammer situation. Which so is actually was... kind of an interesting dynamic, but... Yeah, I remember yeah. that show being weird, mostly because my idiot 10-year-old self couldn't follow it very well. I think I was about 10... would have been, like, 10, 11, 12 when that show came around, I think. That would have <laughs> been, like, what, 2002, 3, 4? Shit, man, you gotta keep rubbing in how old I am. Fucking, I'm not doing it intentionally, and also, you made fun of my fucking Halo 2 lifestyle in the last yeah. episode, so fuck you. Just, just desserts. <laughs> I didn't make fun of your Halo 2 lifestyle, Weird Al did. Fucking Weird Al. Yeah. He's too funny, and he's too integral to my childhood for me to really be angry at him, but goddammit. Oh, that makes sense. Fucking Christ. Yeah, I do. I remember that show, I remember watching it a couple of times, and I remember thinking... This ch- lady is mean, and I can't follow what's happening at all. And then I went back to watching probably Iron Chef, because I watched oh. a shitload of that in the apartment as well. I think that counts as a game show. It's. I mean, it's if they really compete. Cl- well, it's the thing about it being a game show is game shows. One of the draws I feel of game shows are that you get regular everyday schlubs 
in there like normal fucking people to compete on those game shows and occasionally they get like blowout wins you get the super big feel-good stories iron chef is weird because you have two extremely skilled professionals squaring off that's true that is weird blur between like game shows and reality tv like once once reality tv kind of became a thing and like like survivor did not invent reality tv like fucking like road rules and shit had been around for years but like when that shit dropped like what constituted a game show kind of got weird yeah and i actually remember very vividly remember the first season of survivor because that would have been before we moved definitely because everybody watched survivor back do you remember how fucking popular that show was yeah i didn't watch it but it was inescapable man like it was fucking everywhere yeah, didn't that it, show didn't was... it wasn't like the first season won by this weird naked dude. It was I remember that dude actually being pretty normal. I remember it came down to like an older, like smaller petite woman who was a badass and like this other just like normal gruff. He basically looked like fucking Sam Fisher from like the Splinter Cell games, but like gruff mid-30s like burly bear-looking motherfucker who was also kind of a badass. Um and I remember the dude won because he had ultimately performed better on the show, I think. Um, I remember those two. I remember there being a woman named Jerry who a lot of people hated and they kept her around as a heel. Also because I wanted to say she performed pretty well on that show. Like weird bits and pieces. Oh, and at one point they managed to trap and kill a wild boar. I remember that as well. Which oh, actually man. takes some fucking balls because you don't want to fuck with those things. Holy shit. Yeah, sure as hell not for a fucking game show. Because, like, you're not you're not actually in the wilderness when you're on Survivor. <laughs> There's yeah. fucking camera crews. Yeah, and, like, I would have been young enough at that point that I probably couldn't tell, like, the fucking difference. Although I think they had to evacuate somebody medically at some point during the first season of that show. I never followed that show past the first season, and I want to say it was subsequent seasons. I want to say it's still running or it ran for a while at the very least. Um, I think it's still running. Yeah, I want to say it's still reasonably popular, but that Matt first season, I think, was, like, the lightning-in-the-bottle season. Yeah. For that CBS, show. kind of, on the whole, is weird in that they have shows that have been on for a long, long time, and I honestly can't figure out who's still watching them. Yeah, because they... I, I'm assuming the company makes money. Well, yeah. And, I mean, like, near as I can tell, like, they're... I think... And this this is getting into weird speculation stuff, but near as I can tell, like... Compared to other like major television networks, CBS's like target demographic skews way older than anyone else's. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, and it, and it's and it kind of makes sense. Like for a long time, uh, Fox like positioned itself as the young, edgy, you know, network. We've got the fucking Simpsons, you know, and <laughs> and then NBC sort of is like this weird kind of they no. they position themselves as this weird, quirky like kind of middle-aged sort of network like we've got friends you yeah, know like we're, I'll be we're, there we're kind you. of for just fucking regular ass you, bland mayonnaise I, white people. i was about to say do you like bland white people shit yeah and then abc had you know fucking the kind of the disney angle like that's the the thing like we're subsidized by by walt disney so we're we have like fucking made for tv movies every week like we got that shit and didn't we got they, urkel you know they, didn't they air like pepper Ann and shit yeah, they did. Like they they had the Disney Saturday morning. Like that was kind of their network's thing. Is like we got the we got the Disney stuff and also some soap operas, you know. And then uh, and then there was CBS, who was just kind of kind of always skewing older than everybody else. Huh. I think that I think that was it. That like 
it's weird to think about now, but like back in the day, there were basically only four television networks. Like you got more if you had cable, but like, I mean, that was it. Yeah. It's I mean, super- there were definitely there were definitely some smaller stations. Like I know uh, there was a local station growing up, and I didn't realize it at the time, but looking at back at it now, it's incredibly obvious that it was basically like completely subsidized by the Mormon Church. Oh Lord. Yeah, like there would be constantly these ads and the, th- the thing is like I, I mean I was a little kid I you know I was raised Catholic I knew what a church was I knew you know vaguely what the whole like Jesus and the Bible and yada 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 but I wasn't familiar with the concept of there being like more than one kind of Christian church yeah you weren't a, you weren't familiar with like multiple denominations yeah so at the end of their like you know infomercials or, or the PSAs or whatever they always describe themselves as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day, Latter-day Saints. Saints. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, like, when you're a little kid, that's just that's fucking nonsense phrase. You don't know what that means. You're just like, oh, it's just a church. Yeah, fucking, and nobody uses that term. The, literally, the only time you will ever hear anybody use the full name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, are in those sorts of advertisements and missionaries who are like, I think obligated to introduce it like that but literally like everybody including actual mormons just refers to it as the mormon church because fuck saying that every single time even if you're yeah it's it's a mouthful like that that is just yeah and and, i mean like i'm not looking to shit on mormons like i'm not oh don't worry i'll do that for you okay but that that, but yeah that's a mouthful and as a kid i didn't know what that meant i just knew it's like okay i guess jesus question mark I mean, mostly I watched that network uh, because it was the one that ran reruns of Garfield and Friends. So, <laughs> couldn't you at least watch like a decent, like a decent cartoon? I seem to remember it being during like one of those time slots, like kind of, like like shortly after I got home from school, like there was not really anything else on at that point. Like kind of all the other like afternoon cartoons were done, and we were kind of getting into the evening a little bit, you know. Yeah, and it's like, well, what the hell else am I gonna watch at this period of time? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to watch fucking dumb adult shows that weren't cartoons. You didn't oh, but want I want to do that. You didn't want to watch Friends. Oh God, fucking Friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do, I do want to talk about uh, one thing. Kind of speaking of networks and shows coming back from the dead. Uh, apparently, ABC has brought back Match Game recently. Match are you familiar game. with Match Game? I am no, not at okay, all. Okay, I okay. The only reason I know about Match Game is because uh, back in the day, and maybe they still do this, but Game Show Network just ran marathons of reruns of Match Game. Uh, because the thing, the thing with Match Game is, it's the best way to put it is that it is a game show where contestants try to match their answers to fill in the blank questions to responses from a panel of comedians. And, like, the comedians were the draw of the show. Like, not so much the, the game show itself. Although, contestants were obviously still trying to win. But, like, hmm. um, it, it's really the single biggest reason uh, anyone knows who Charles Nelson Riley is. Is he was kind of the breakout, like, star of Match Game. Huh. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know who Charles Nelson Riley is, he's a very funny dude, for one. And for two, uh, you... Uh, do you remember Weird Al? We talked about Weird Al last week. He had a song called Charles Nelson Riley. You know, Charles Nelson Riley was a mighty man, the kind oh, yeah, of man you shit. never did. Yeah, the joke of that song is that Charles Nelson Riley is actually a, a fairly like effeminate dude. <laughs> like that's that's really the gag of the song. But he but also like he's a really great like 
like he's a he's an immensely funny guy. But like that's that's why you know one of the lyrics in that song is every day he'd make the host a match game, give him a piggyback ride. Yeah, two hour piggyback ride. Giddy up, Gene. That thing. Um, <laughs> but like yeah, I I have no idea how good the new one is. But yeah, match game was a big fucking part of. Uh, Fucking reruns of Match Game were a big part of my teen years because that was just about all that was on Game Show Network back in the day. Oh, God. It wasn't like a game show, but speaking of like improvisational, like weird comedy bullshit, what was the name? It was really popular. Again, it would have been around this uh, time. Whose period, Line like, Is It Anyway? Yes! Yeah! How the fuck did you know that? Wow, that's well, I mean, crazy. That, Whose Line Is It Anyway is actually pretty popular. And, and like a number of things we've discussed so far, it also started as a British show. Uh, oh seriously? Yeah, yeah. It was there was if you ever, if you ever get the chance, check out the original English version of Who's Line. Um, and in fact, the, the a couple of the staples like uh, uh, Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles, they weren't. Uh, the British Who's Line had a lot more variety in its panelists, but Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles did appear frequently on the British Who's Line uh, before becoming staples in the American one. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. I remember several things from that show. I remember it actually being a pretty funny... Does that show hold up? Oh, I'm pretty sure it does. Like, it was really funny. I, I remember that show, like, being really consistently funny, but again, I was also, like, 12 years yeah. old at the time. Well, I mean, I, I don't fun. think it's a, a lot of a stretch to assume that it's still pretty consistently funny, because, like, it, it's an improv show, but also, like, obviously each, like, episode is trimmed down from, like, at least, you know, an additional, like, hour of footage. Like it's it's yeah. it's something that you know they sometimes call back to even during episodes is that there's just tons of they just do tons and tons of improv and then cut down everything that doesn't work, you know. Yeah, which is honestly the way you want to do it because let's be real, nobody wants to watch you. You want the wheat, not the chaff. Yeah, no, no one, no one were. wants to watch on t like going to an improv show for the whole thing. That's a blast because you're part of the audience. Watching it on TV, you kind of just want the greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right, so uh, you got anything else you want to throw out about game shows before I uh, start throwing some questions at you? Um, no, I think I'm good. I'm trying to think of, like, I think we covered, like, everything. We covered Jeopardy, we covered Price is Right, covered Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Covered fucking that one game show that I can barely remember, but it pops into my memory, like, every six months or so. The one, uh, The Weakest Link. Yeah. There we go. Only ever watched that one, like, twice. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, we stayed fairly on topic this time, which is surprising. Yeah, um, I'm kind of a little worried. Yeah. Well, you know what? I can fix that because... Uh, okay, good. Uh, we don't actually... So, as of this recording, I have not set up... I had not set up a way for us to get questions. Oh, by the way, if you want to send us some questions, I actually set up a Twitter now. Uh, it's at GoingPearShaped on Twitter uh, if you want to send us some questions. Uh, but for now, I just went ahead and went to the Teenagers with Attitude Facebook group uh, okay. and just said, Hey, Matt and I are doing a thing. We need questions. I'm not going to explain oh. why we need them. Go. I, I hope these are, like, really gross and invasive. Please. Uh, a couple of them might be. Awesome. Okay. You know, uh, a lot of them are from the same small handful of people, and I'm not going to ask them all because we're already running a little long, but here we go. Uh, right. Jonathan asks, who is the number one kiss boy? The number one kiss boy? Yeah. Gotta be Ash Crimson from King of Fighters 13. Really? Yeah. Oh, have you ever seen Ash Crimson? I have not. Okay. You're going to look at this and you're going to say, wow, that's that's a that's a Jules character right here. <laughs> but like, you think I'm lying. But no, like, no, no. I, I'm laughing because I believe you and I know exactly what you mean by that. Check that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's a Jules character. Yep. That's yep. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yep. And actually, my character, uh, that I, my number one kiss boy that I was going to mention is also, I can confirm, is a Jules character, and it is Alan from Common Rider Ghost. <laughs> he is. He's a good boy. God damn. I forgot Ash Crimson even has painted fingernails. So good. Fucking love that character. Let me uh let me get you a picture of uh of of Alan here. And that's A L A I N. Uh okay, oh there's a good picture. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I think you're gonna like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow, they even both have like the green ghost fire motif too. Holy shit. Yeah. That's weird. That's on camera. He's got an earring that's a feather. Like, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. And, and he's a good boy. He, uh, he's, he's the third writer in the series. And as tend to happen, tends to happen with writers that aren't the first one. He like starts as a bad guy, but eventually learns like how to love and stuff. Okay. Uh, Ash Crimson's like the anti-hero good guy. Oh, yep. Yep. That fits. Yep. That yeah. Fits. That checks out. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's see. Next question. I'm I'm trying to pick out the good ones because there's kind of a lot here. Um, Joe asks: Steak for breakfast or eggs for dinner? Um, steak for breakfast every time. Get that meat. I'm I'm with you on that one. Let's make that unanimous. Steak for breakfast. Yeah. I actually don't like eggs. Really? Yeah. I like eggs. I mean, yeah. No, dude. More power to you. I'm not gonna judge someone for liking eggs. It's one of the most popular foods out there. But like, yeah, not my bag. Fair enough. Next question. Okay, this one's from Steven, and it's actually my brother, Steven. Tool or Metallica? Metallica. Easy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree on this one. I'm going with Tool. Okay, Metallica is responsible. I know their like, later output isn't that good. They are responsible for the Black Album. Have you you actually looked down the discography Dude, I've No, Black don't get album. me wrong. I love Metallica. I just like Tool more. Oh, man. I just... I like, can't. I am just fucking, man, just lateralis fucking 10,000 days like but, that like, put look, put that look, shit in my veins but like this discography like enter sandman sad but true holier than thou the unforgiven wherever i may roam don't tread on me nothing else matters the god that failed like holy dude, shit dude no i'm not going to dispute the metallica's fucking great but i'm just saying like to, here's here's the thing tool is literally my favorite band okay like literally my favorite so, God, I don't know what my favorite band would be. It's probably KMFDM, but they can be kind of inconsistent with their output and quality-wise. I don't know. That, that's actually a tough question, but that's fair. Okay. They're both pretty good bands, but I it's definitely Metallica for me. I don't need to think about that. All right. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm sorry I'm kind of skimming a little bit. Again, we got a lot of questions from the same people over and over, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to ask one question per person here. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Christopher asks, how much Kung Fu is too much? Um, how much kung fu is too much? Trick question. Yeah. There, there isn't like too much. You can't have too much kung fu. I'm with you on that one. I don't. I don't, I don't think, think there's think an upper cap. I think. All right. If there is an upper limit for the amount of kung fu that there can be before you start to hit like diminishing returns or something like that, I don't think science has found it yet. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think we've been able to prove mathematically that there is an upper limit to how fucking sweet kung fu is. Uh, let's see. Jordan asks, what's your favorite edition of D&D and why? And it says, if you've never played, has there been a tabletop RPG that you've liked? I really like 3.5 and I really like Next. Next is good for more casual groups. 3.5 is good for system sounds. Okay. I've 
I've never really played D&D. I'm, I'm actually kind of trying to get into it with some online friends right now. Uh, I mean, kind of the closest thing I've ever done is like... It, here's the thing. I like board games. We'll probably do an episode or two about board games in the future. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah, I've, I've never really played a tabletop RPG. I mean, just about as close as I've gotten is I've gotten really into the Adventure Zone lately. Huh. I haven't listened to Adventure Zone. I know a lot of people really I like I really recommend it. It's a bit rough in the early going because uh, in the early going, they're actually, like, doing, like, a pre-made D&D campaign out of a book. Uh, and they're kind of learning how to play. They're figuring it out. And at the beginning, like, the really the only draw is... Uh, is the fact that it's the McElroys, so you know, it's uh, you know, it's just the it's their humor essentially. But as they kind of figure out what they're doing and they figure out what they want their characters to be, and Griffin kind of figures out how to DM, it gets really, really good as time goes on. Um, good stuff. Do they stick to like one system consistently, or do they jump around? I think it started as a means to sort of. It was kind of a weird like. It was half. Uh, it was half a an attempt at uh, my brother, my brother and me spinoff, and half a thing to kind of promote what was at the time the new D and D system. I think it's five. Yeah, that would have been so. Yeah, it would have been fifth edition or next, depending on who you're talking. I, th- who, I think topic. fifth edition because like uh, this, the podcast has been going for like two years now. I want to say. I th- I think hmm. I think they mentioned that it was fifth edition that they were working with. Yeah, that would that would be like fifth next. Fifth, by the way, for those in the audience, fifth edition and next exact same thing. Yeah, uh, j- just yeah, but yeah. So uh, just to be clear, Dungeons and Dragons, like, this is what we're talking about. Like, Dungeon. Everyone knows what Dungeons and Dragons is, right? Do we need to go into that? Yeah. No, I don't think okay. we need to go into. I do. Into I do think for the super casual, we should probably at least explain that, like, there have been multiple versions of that game. There and... have been multiple versions and revisions. There's been number one, which nobody gives a fuck about. There was number two, which old super OG grognards give a fuck about. There's number three. Oh my god. Third edition's OG now. Oh, did you oh, did you just get hit no. with an epiphany? Yeah, that's like twelve years old, and that's what like the fucking grognards. Oh my god, the grognards play three point five now. <gasps> oh man, have oh, you dear. have you become the grognard? Oh, most definitely. I've always been, but I guess I can't be because I like next. But next is kind of people are really divided on next. I personally yeah. thought next was really really good. I didn't care for four personally, but four had its four is weird because four is a really good like miniatures combat game. Mm-hmm. But it's a really bad D and D game. Huh. But it's a really good miniatures combat game. Yeah, because the, the thing I, I was go- I, I was going to get into with my explanation was that like there are multiple versions and fans are kind of divided about like what they think is best. A lot of the time. One of like the funniest things I saw happen though was a lot of people who were super. They were like, "Why don't the third and second edition people respect our edition?" Said the people who liked fourth, and then next came out and they're like, "Fuck next! It's casual garbage." Oh, is it? That sounds a lot like what you've told me about Street Fighter. It's almost exactly the same thing. Where every version of Street Fighter is the worst version of Street Fighter right up until the newest version of Street Fighter comes out. At which point, that version, the previous version was an underappreciated gem and the new one sucks ass. That's, that happens a lot. I uh, It does. That's, this seems to happen with a lot of things because, again, this is another fandom I'm not super into and I'm just kind of on the periphery of. But I'm pretty sure that's kind of how things go down with The Legend of Zelda too. Legend of Zelda's weird in my experience. Because, like, fucking everyone and their grandma shit on Wind Waker until Twilight Princess came out. And then everyone I, I shit think... on Twilight Princess until Skyward Sword came out. 
And then everyone shit on Skyward Sword, and then they didn't stop because Skyward Sword isn't actually particularly great. Well, well, the next Zelda hasn't come out yet for people to hate it. That's kind of true, but they've gotten some really good handheld releases. Yeah, that's it's kind of a weird separate thing, though. I feel like the Zelda fan base kind of grew up a little bit. Not, like, a lot, but, like, a little bit. Huh. I don't know. I don't feel like it's quite as vitriolic as it is in the case of Street Fighter. Although, in the case of Four, Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5, like, there were the grognards on the fringe, obviously. There's actually a very real divide between, like, people who like 4 and people who like, who like 5. Because 5 is a game designed to appeal more to people like me, who didn't really care for Street Fighter 2 who are more into, like, the Alpha series and are into, like, the Street Fighter 3. And a lot of people, like, 4 was their first game, and they play 5, and it, it's this weird uncanny valley effect for them where it's a game that looks and at face is very similar to 4, but you start playing it, and it just it doesn't play like 4. It's a super committal-heavy game. Damage is much, much higher. It's much riskier to go on. Like, the entire game is way riskier. Like, there are far fewer defensive safety nets in that game. Really, really interesting, but we're getting kind of off-topic here. Yeah, okay. I mean, off-topic is fine. Um, I do want to get a couple more questions in. Let's go with two more. Uh, okay. This one's doubling up a little bit. This one's from Jonathan... Smooth or chunky? Uh, depends on how I'm feeling. Okay, I'm I'm going with smooth. I'm I'm a smooth boy. I like I like the smooth. Fair enough. You can easily make justifications yeah. for both. Yeah, sides. I'm I'm one of those weird people that like I love peanut butter, but don't like peanuts. Is the thing, and there are actually a few <laughs> things where I'm like that. Like I'm also I don't I don't like like just tomatoes, like just straight oh, up tomatoes, tomatoes. But I fucking love like red pastas and stuff. Um, I, I'm okay with, like, red sauce. I hate tomato. Tomatoes are junky garbage. Oh, man. Fuck that. Shit. They suck. All right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, tomatoes. Yeah, fu fuck. Fuck tomatoes. I, I hope your house burns down. What's the, what's the fucking name of that tomato from the Veggie Tales? Is it Bob? Fuck you, Bob. I, that's gonna be, like, the zucchini or some shit. You're gonna burn down the wrong house and keep it up <laughs> with that shit. I God damn. Yeah. I, I think the, no, I think it's a cucumber, and I think his name is Larry. Yeah, it's I yeah. think it's Bob the Tomato and Larry. The I know more about VeggieTales than I really would like to admit, because like, uh, my brother and his wife, my sister in law, are very religious, and they have three kids now. Like, they're they're my only he's my only sibling that has children, so that's like my two nephews and my niece, and so they're in a religious household and they're little kids. So there's fucking VeggieTales everywhere. So I've seen me some VeggieTales. There are worse things to watch. There there me. are. Fuck, it is it is better than know. you would think. It really is. Like, the animation quality in those movies, at least the movies, I don't know about the show, but the one movie I watched, which was the fucking Jonah movie, because that movie was just fucking everywhere when I was growing up for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I kind of know why, but we're not going into that. Yeah. Um, that movie was fucking everywhere. The animation quality isn't great, but it's not, like, bad yeah. either. It's, like, I mean, there are, there are definitely, like, animated, like, computer animated television shows that hold up way fucking worse Holy shit! Veggie yeah, yeah. Ooh, I boy. mean, it, it helps that they are very simple, cart, uh, like fucking character designs and shit. But anyway, let, let's not go too deep into Veggie Tales. All right, so last question uh, for for this week. This one's from Alex, and it just says, "Moist." Always. Always moist. Okay. All right, we're we're gonna go with always moist. So again, if you yes. want to. If you want to ask us questions or just send us single words with a question mark at the end, uh, hit us up on Twitter 
at Going Pear Shaped. Um, if you want to find me in specifically, I am on Twitter at Mike Loves Rabbit, and Matt's Twitter is secret. It's a secret Twitter. It's going. We're gonna milk this not really very funny joke for all it's worth, and then we're gonna keep beating the horse, and it's gonna become really funny like fifty episodes down the line. Just you wait. Yeah, just you wait. Uh, so for Matt and myself, and for going pear shaped, remember, diddle yourself constantly. Is that really gonna be our? It has to line? be. We're committed now. Problem. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with that being Dude, our we are, line. But like, we're we're in it. We're in this shit. We're in the trenches. Hey, uh, listeners, this is Mike. A couple quick additions uh, here at the end. For one thing, I'm a complete chungus and straight-up lost access to the Twitter I had originally set up for this podcast. So the new Twitter is at G-Shaped. Just G-S-H-A-P-E-D at G-Shaped on Twitter if you want to send us questions. And uh, I also forgot to mention that we are part of the Audio Entropy Podcast Network. So uh, hit us up there at audioentropy.com. See you next time.